Bradley Cooper uh, dies. And of course, this is a spoiler, and I want people to know that. But I hear he, he becomes a ghost in the movie. And I think it gives Lady Gaga the power to become Lady Gaga, um, to truly become the star that is born, the star child. I think, uh, I'm not sure if people really know this, this is a direct sequel to the 2001 A Space Odyssey movie. Right, that's a Lady Gaga at the end of 2001 Space Odyssey. That's As a baby. Right. So this is kind of like the boyhood, like girlhood equivalent also, like a Richard Linklater mm. kind of movie. She's I see. filmed her birth, and now it's going into The Star is Born. It's kind of, kind of a weird title, but I, I, get, I get it. Yeah, how long has it been since 2001? Oh, since 2001, it's been um, uh, about 17, 17 years. 17 years. Was uh seven, seven minus, minus one. Seven minus one is six. Is six. Um, wow. Welcome to another week of Ghosts in the Scene, everybody. Uh, with your host Geo. This is the only ghost-free podcast out there. Um, in the podcast verse, I'm with my co-host Rob. How's it going, Rob? Oh, it's been a spooky week. I think I got something in my eye. It might be a possession of some sort. So I'm extra geared up because we can't take any uh, chances at this point. It's it is the spookiest time of year, ladies and gents. Uh, the spirits are among us. That's right. Um, October is nothing to fuck with, guys. This whole month, you got to be on your toes. There's 31 days. That's one day extra. And so we have with us an expert in the macabre, um, somebody who has acted, who has played music on a rock and roll stage. He is a, a magician of, of electronics and of, of gear. And so that itself is, is magic, of course, electricity. We don't know exactly how it works. But this man uh, claims he does. We have a guest, a special guest, Mr. Greg. Hello, Greg. Hey. So um, all, all of your accomplishments led you to this moment. Um, but we want to talk a little bit about your past because there's something yes. that, that happened a long time ago that you don't really like to talk about, but um, we got you on the horn and, and you said that you would, you would talk about this. So um, if, if you would, would you explain a little bit about your past, your experiences? Yes. Let's just start with like the story of, um, I guess, my introduction to punk, because I think that would make sense to like where we are today, right? Mm. So like I had some buddies who were in uh, LA and... Uh, they're pretty cool, and I was basically just like a 14-year-old kid who was on the internet, and uh, I like kind of was creeping around message boards and stuff for music, and then there was this band that played, um, uh, what was it, uh, like on Tech TV, they had this thing called, uh, I forget what it was called now, shoot, but it was basically like a video game show, right? And it was this band called the 14-Year-Old Girls. 
and um it's like the greatest thing ever uh <laughs> but basically like a, a lot of the folks in that band ended up being super instrumental in like getting me way into like the whole la punk thing and kind of got me closer to like this whole uh you know the movie stuff you talk about like the uh the germs movie if anyone's familiar with that uh, i was an extra in that movie that's probably one of my crowning accomplishments as an actor i've had two uh, roles wow, wow. <laughs> that's two, amazing two whole roles well, real quick, um, yeah. I, I want to rewind here because you're you're uh, you're lying by omission a little bit, and 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 I don't I don't take kindly to that kind of o omission of lying because Let's you're do saying this. you're saying punk, and yeah. it's not just it's it's punk rock. That's right. It's punk. It's punk rock and roll. So it's so, it's, it's really rock and roll. I mean, it's really the devil's music. Thank you for, really what for admitting. Is. Thank you for admitting that, because I was gonna accuse you of, of hiding the fact that it's the devil's music that you're playing. Yes, yes, mm. uh, it is kind of the devil's music, I guess. Uh, you know, sometimes you play those those flatted notes that make your stomach uh, tremble a bit, but it, but it's a good tremble. It's it's you know sometimes mm. it's natural. Sometimes you need that tremble, and uh, you know if you can make a pop tune out of it. Who are you hurting, right? That's not too bad. I mean, there's uh, lots of people that could be hurt, and I think that have been hurt by some music, because I think, Greg, I think we need to also think about that these are incantations. Like, this isn't just fun and games. Like, these, like music has, like, real-world consequences because it's magic, because yes. you're putting people under a spell. And but sound the is like You're right. So, so you are aware. So, it's, it's pretty weird, man. Right. I mean, I mean, you don't really talk about it, but it's like, why do you go to a show, and why do you expect excessive volumes? It's mm. like it's beyond it's beyond like subconscious. Like those frequencies are doing stuff, man. That's what I think. That's no, 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 no. That's what you know, and that's what we. Okay, know. maybe that's what I know, and maybe that's why a lot of us like to play really big stuff. Mm-hmm. We like to push a lot of air, you know? And where do we push it, you know? Deep into the deep into the core. That's where that's where all of it exists, you know? Just big old sound cannons. That's what rock and roll is. People don't talk about it. But think about it. The evolution of rock and roll has only been the evolution of the electric guitar amplifier, right? The bigger yeah. they got, the louder they got, the more they could put together, the bigger the stages, the bigger the shows the more masses. Think about it. In the 80s, wow. you had rock and roll shows where you had 500,000 people en masse watching one band being pummeled by sound cannons. It's crazy. Why do you think that stuff doesn't exist as, to the same scale that it did? Wow. And we also have to kind of throw in, like I said, you are an, an electrical wizard, so you, you have worked on amplifiers before. You know about sound cannons. Yeah, I mean, if you really think about like vacuum tube technology, it's kind of magic. Like, like, I, like, really, you're, you're essentially saying, okay, within this vacuum, you can create energy, and that energy can be displaced at such a rate that it's going to make things louder or bigger or whatever you're going to use it for, right? It is kind of magic. It's weird. It's like alchemy, kind of. It's, you're it's just it's paranormal. 
Sometimes. I mean, really, there's been, I mean, you can't really describe why some amps sound just in, inherently better than others. Like, especially with older amps, you'll play one amplifier, then you'll play another, and you're like, this is too good. Something's going on here. And you open the amp up, and there's no reason for it to be that good. You know, it's old. It's hasn't been repaired or worked on, but sometimes there's just something inside the circuit that exists, I think, you know? Possessing it, in a yeah. way. I mean, if you think about it, if you play an old instrument or an old amplifier or anything else like that right you're just playing through the dna of another person's like creative output it's kind of weird right like if you play an amp from the 70s that was played by some dude who played nothing but like country licks sort of thing you're kind of like hanging out with their you know little imprint and history on that thing right it's kind of it's weird with i think sometimes ghost, perhaps i think if you i think sometimes stuff sticks in an amp you know that's what i think Wow. And imagine 50 of them stacked together. And, and and you know what what you said to me uh to the podcast is very profound because it kind of reminds me of pixels on a screen. And those are are light amplifiers. You know, they they're the light cannons. They're shooting, you know, information at us, right? Ghosts can be embedded in this information just like they can be embedded in sound waves. And it's so imagine the the screen that everybody looks at as a bunch of amplifiers, as as sound cannons just pumping into your face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you if you really think about it, like it, it's all the same thing because we can't process what is actually happening, right? Like a sound wave is so rapidly fast that what we're hearing is only what we're processing, and the same way that we do that with like the visual medium, right? Like when, you, when you're looking at a TV, your eyeballs aren't even able to process the fact that, you know, the red portion is on for one-tenth of a thousandth of a second, and then the green portion, like, you can't process that. So it's weird, like, the way that it kind of, like, embeds itself into you is, like, I don't know. It, it's almost like a medium, you know? Mm -hmm. it, it's its own medium. And it, I mean, if you really think about it, like, what is a vacuum tube? It's just a plate of metal that you're heating up, and then it's releasing electrons. So if you think about it, it's like releasing energy, right? Or and ghosts. within that energy, well, what do you, where do you think ghosts like exist, really? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I feel like thunder and, and uh, like electrical energy has a lot of potential to store many things, right? And like it's like electrical uh, frequencies are insane. And who's to say, like, you couldn't have a spirit just hanging out in one one frequency, right? Wow. Wow. Great. This is really, really interesting stuff. And I think this really speaks well to your personal experiences. And, I, and I'm hoping that you can maybe help share with us. Uh, I know you've spoken with Gio, but I've not heard personally with your experiences on set and uh, on movie sets. Um, uh, I think, you know, our show is really about how, uh, energies are being stored by certain powers and being used in certain ways, uh, and very significant ways. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that you can help us and help all of our audience, all of the people listening, like know, uh, what, what you've seen and what has happened, uh. And, and what you've perceived, you know, what you you felt as a magician. In terms of 
movie stuff. It's mostly just background roles. Let's set that pace real clear. But even as a background actor, um, you get like privy to just like, you know, being around the set for a couple of days and like seeing stuff that people don't see. So like the one movie I was in, uh, what we do is secret is the germs biopic. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, Again, the same group of people that kind of got me into like LA proper were kind of like, you know, in, involved with this and they encouraged me to go check it out and whatever. And like I was young, like real young. I think my parents dropped me off, right? Which is really awesome. Like just being a dumb kid, being like, hey, I got to be dropped off like in butt fuck LA, like in the middle, you know, like just somewhere, some soundstage, whatever. Um, but that movie was weird because I was really at that phase where like I had ingested a lot of like crucial punk stuff, you know, like musically, especially LA. Like I, like I spent an entire year just focused like on LA trying to get everything in LA. Like, and so this movie was rad because a lot of the people that like I, I was like stoked on or listening to or reading about were going to be on set. Like, you know, consulting or like they're going to be in the movie as like an extra or like whatever. Right. So yeah. I said, screw it. I'm going to sign up. I'm going to do this thing. So I did it. And um, like, I mean, I don't know how extensive you want me to go into this whole thing, but like, I can just tell you like day one kind of stuff. Like, I mean, we, we, we want to talk about kind of the, the things that, that scared you, um, mm. you know, the, the experiences that, you can't forget the unforgettable. Okay. 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 Um, I mean, the most scary thing is that like, it's just really weird to be on set. Like if you haven't been on set before, it's just really weird to be on set. Cause you're like, Oh, it's just fucking lights and like cameras. And you know, just, it, it is what it is. Like, I don't know. It's really strange because you're kind of just standing in the room while acting is happening. And you're like, okay, this is how it's done, I guess. Like, you know what I mean? And that's not like to put anything down. That's just like, I don't know. It's just kind of eye-opening to see it happen in front of you. Um, but like scary stuff. Definitely the vibe around the like area where the thing was being shot was just sketch. Um, yes. Like, I've there was definitely like people just getting totally tossed left and right like basically between whatever was happening and um i don't know there was just some creepy like streets that i ended up stumbling into and uh you know like the first day was like kind of a longer shoot so it went into kind of the evening and i don't know there's just some some stuff that you know was a little strange but i didn't really think much of it Wow. So as somebody who is behind the scenes during the filming of a major motion picture, and like you said, all of this kind of punk rock, rock and roll um, energy that is getting kind of stored in this in this movie. And we also have the title being What We Do Is Secret, which is all about secrets. I mean, terrifying stuff. I mean, so, that's just code word in Hollywood is that they're secretly working with ghosts. And, mm -hmm. and, and I don't want to, you know, say that there were ghosts on set. I don't, I don't want to scare you, but it's really reading the way you're talking about it. Um, you're hitting all of the, the checks, the check boxes, you're marking them all down. 
for ghosts on that set. That's a paranormal set that you were on. I mean, let's I, let's cut to the chase, right? Darby Crash. Yeah. Like okay. yeah. Like so. The first day I got there, there was this whole thing where they were trying to psych everyone up. It was like the decline scene. Like the decline scene proper. And it was just weird. Because basically it was going to be people watching the like the germs play to backing track. And like it's just weird to like be stoked on that, no matter how loud it is. It's just weird. Um, so they had like these bands open and like the bands were just, I think, like, friends of the producers or, like, friends of, like, the inner circle of that punk whatever crew. They weren't bad. I don't remember who they were. Maybe they do. I don't know. Um, but it was the whole point was, like, oh, you're going to get really stoked. You're going to get really stoked on this. And then you're going to, like, you know, mosh around as the germs play. And and I just remember the whole time I was, like, I wonder what would, like, what would Darby Crash think about this? Ooh. Like, and what if, like, you know, what if he could do something? Mm -hmm. Well, let's quickly inform the audience. Darby Crash was the lead frontman of the Germs proper in the 70s. And he um, died at a very young age. He overdosed, um, suicide by overdose. And it is pretty safe to say he's a ghost now. And... All of this, and, and I also say it's pretty safe to say that what you're talking about, this kind of them getting everybody agitated, telling them to get excited, and then making them dance and mosh sounds like a ritual. Right, well, it could have been. I mean, I don't know. It's just weird because, like, I couldn't, I could sort of kind of get into it, but it was also just very strange to, like, see people getting really into it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and it wasn't a cool thing. It was just like, uh-oh. Whoa. Okay, so that was, that's Nico, everyone. Uh, Geo, it's our marker, the, our canary. So the, there is a ghost uh, on this show right now. Don't worry, listeners. This yes. is, this is uh, audio stage for you. But for us, unfortunately, we're, we're in the thick of it. So We're, we're getting attacked um, right now. We're, I'm, I'm not entirely sure whose line it is, but... I think Nico, yeah, as Nico told me, um, it's definitely one of us. It, that it's there's a presence with one of us. And, uh, Greg, I see that you're looking behind you. Are, is everything all right in there? Just a loud slam. That's all. Oh my god. And I, I have to mention that um, we have Greg in our very super secret audio laboratory, where we only have our street team. Um, they're only allowed there under lock and key. So for him to be hearing this is kind of uncanny. I, I, I'm, I'm afraid, but I think we have to continue because yeah. just with the mention of Darby Crash, all right, hold on. we're getting all of this, all of this flat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm slacking the street team and um, I'm making sure that they, we get some extra firewalls up around yeah. you. Throw, throw them around. All right. All right. Cool. Great. So let's get back to the movie set. And a little bit about um, the, the main frontman of the movie. His name's Shane West. Yes. He, he, uh, so Shane West, I don't know. He seemed cool. Like, he just seemed really into it. And he did, like, some gnarly... I think he got, like, the actual Darby Crash tattoo. And then he had, like, he had his teeth either shaved or 
had caps removed one or the other, but like his teeth were like Darby Crash's teeth. Like they were split in half. Like it was gnarly. Like he literally had dental work done so that he would look like him. Um, and it very much seemed like during the, cause you have to remember around the time of the movie, that iteration of the germs is also playing. And I think Shane West was really trying to channel Darby Crash. Like, if you want to talk about, like, some spiritual energy going on, like, I think Shane West was, like, really trying to be Darby Crash. And who knows? Maybe that would have, like, ticked off Darby Crash, you know? I don't know. Wow. Wow. How do you feel? I mean, we could ask Freddie Mercury the exact same question right now. Mm -hmm. And he does not feel good. I mean... Would he want Sasha Baron Cohen to have played him instead of the guy who they ended up having to get? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I, we'd have to check his will. Mm, yeah. You know that there's there's got to be a biopic clause for these major celebrities. They all have one. I yeah. bet. Interesting. So this man tries to embody another dead man. And yeah. then what happens after is that he tours with the germs uh-huh. and it's almost as if he totally takes over Darby Crash's life. Yeah. People went crazy for that shit too. Like that stuff was selling out. So he definitely was like, like young kids were going crazy over it. And who knows? Like what if you were like a 15 year old girl who just loved Shane West and then the germs like, became you know what i mean like who liked the germ like why not it's shane west and the germs like okay uh it but like he definitely had a power over the crowd like and the footage of them playing live is ridiculous because it's shane west like channeling darby crash that's crazy so is this do you have a video documentation of this can is this all right can we publish this to have that send it out to our team uh maybe you know make sure to see if anyone spots anything ir- irregular with this yeah i think you should investigate it you should like look up i look up shane west playing live with the germs i mean shoot um, there's, guys, there's something yeah. going on there guys i'm i'm gonna um upload a a, a youtube clip I'll, mm-hmm. I'll probably do this right about now Okay, sounds sweet. That that was fucked up. He sounded just like Darby. Thanks for the likes and the comments, everyone. That was that was a great little audio clip that we just played. So um, from that, he sounds a lot like Darby. He's he's acting like Darby, but of course, he's not Darby, and he and he's not him anymore, right? He left the band. They stopped playing, and he moved on. Yes. I mean, I think what ended up happening, like, was was basically, like, that was just kind of a thing that was going to happen for a while, and it was just going to eventually dissolve out and not be a thing anymore, you know? Like, I don't think anyone planned on it being the germs forever. Like, 
Mm -hmm. I don't even think it would have been sustainable because I think like, um, oh, what's his name? Pat Smear, like he's probably good, like financially, you know, with the Foo Fighters and stuff. So why would he want to tour playing the same like 20 song? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just talking shit, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like that stuff doesn't last forever. The band was doomed to be a ghost at some point. I mean, the band was a ghost. They were just the shell of someone else's creative output, and they just, like, put it together and put, like, some some energy behind it. But, like, really, it's all Darby Crash's stuff, right? Like, wow. I think this is what we are going to be talking about a lot more. Um, the method actors of, of Hollywood. And this is, this is episode one of the series. We're going to get into this. We're going to get into Daniel Day-Lewis, DDL. We're going to get into um, Leo, The Revenant. We're getting into everybody, Mm -hmm. okay? Because The Revenant is the ghost, if you you guys didn't realize that one. That's literally the title of the film. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll we'll talk about that when we get there. But Shane West is is very interesting because – this is kind of somebody who who embodies somebody for a, a moment for the movie. Mm. But then beyond that, he went even further and he kind of like lived his life. He walked in, in his shoes for an extra like nine months or something like that. Yeah, they're on tour for a while. And I mean, I shouldn't have said that like it was just his his project. Like, I mean... Obviously, Pat Smear had a big piece of it, and everyone else that was instrumental in that band had a big piece to do with, like, the musical piece of it. But, I mean, honestly, the biopic was about Darby Crash, and I think Shane West was meant to, like, bring Darby Crash back to life for a little while, you know? Like, wow. And some would argue he did, and some would argue it was, like, a cash grab, and some would say it was sacrilege. And, I, I mean, to me, it was like, okay, he's doing it, whatever, like... More power to him, I guess. I I don't think I fought to go see him. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I think at the time it was impossible to see him. It was such a big deal, and I was just like, "But it's not like the germs. It's not like Darby crashes back. Like, I don't know. I was pretty just like stubborn on that point. You know. Uh, I think you make a really good point there, Greg. I mean, as I think when people are acting these these roles, are they really are they really possessions? Or are they just actors, right? Is it method, or are you are they possessed? And, I mean, and, right? It, it's like a trance, you know? I think, like, really good method acting is like a trance, and when you go into a trance state, who knows what happens? You know? And you, like, you can't tell what one actor is doing to, like, compared to another actor because you can't get into their brain or their, like, psyche and feel where they're going, you know? But I definitely feel like some actors go places and maybe those places are beyond their bodies, you know? Wow. You're right. You're absolutely right about that, Greg. Um, But Shane West is not the only thing about this movie that I wanted to talk to you about because um, I watched the movie and I saw your scene that you're the extra in. Um, You're clearly visible. (laughs) It's, It's during a house party scene. And this is okay. honestly this 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 is uh, for the world saw you. We're going to be posting you. this as well, so, so they saw you on our channels. 
at Con. I'm gonna show this clip. They saw you in New York and Venice. They saw you everywhere in, in Istanbul, in China. This movie went all across the world, and you were there. And in the in the scene that you're in, a man is dressed as the devil. This is a fact. Tell me, tell me about this man and this this mystery man. So this mystery man um, in the movie apparently is just supposed to be some party goer who's like in a devil costume. But it is just Chris Pontius in a devil suit. And like if you were watching MTV at the time and you were like into jackass, like it was literally the same devil suit he wore like the week prior on an episode of Jackass. So it was like just kind of surreal to be like, okay, I guess this is in here. Like it's like kind of a nod to Jackass, but also like Chris Pontius seemed cool. Um, so whatever it was it was it was what it was but he was definitely in a devil suit and essentially what happens in the scene is um darby crash like spoiler sort of he doesn't die at this point doesn't die at this point in the movie um but people thought he od during this party and chris pontius comes to the rescue and assures everyone oh no like it's you know it's like i forget what it was it was you know amyl nitrate or something i don't remember but it was like a party drug and he says something like really like kind of gnarly about how like certain people use it to like loosen their butts uh, for like you know butt sex <laughs> that's my scientific way of just explaining it um and that was a scene and it was a great scene and he was in the devil costume but the weird thing is that, like, the day of, I was outside, I was walking to the, like, casting location, right? Because they had us, like, it literally out back under a tent with, like, water and stuff. But it was, like, a place for all these, like, punk people to come huddle before they shoot us into a room to mm -hmm. fake dance to the fake germs. It was good. Um, but, like... It was just really surreal. I don't know. It was a very strange thing. I was walking up to the thing, and I see this pickup truck, like, just, re like, pull up real fast. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, maybe I'm in the way. And no. It's just Chris Pontius, and he, like, slams on the brakes, and the car just, like, Dirk! like jerks to a stop. He's like, hey, just this where the movie is? I was like, I think so. It's like, cool. <laughs> it just takes off. I'm like, whatever. There he goes. Like, and he, like, literally, he walked in, and he was, like, kind of, like, hanging out with people, and he was real cool. And then um, they, like, pulled him over, and then he disappeared. And he disappeared for a while until, like, the scene that we were talking about. And when he came out, he was like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> like, it was awesome because, you know, again, the whole scene was about him just assuring people that, like, no, Darby didn't kill himself. He just used a drug that, like, Makes your butthole loose for anal sex. But it was spontaneous that he dressed as the devil? Yeah, because his whole thing in Jackass, and I think the thing in uh, The Germs is, is about bringing Satan back to L.A., right? Like, there was that whole segment, I think. You might have to do some investigating on that, but he did try to bring the devil back to Los Angeles. And people, like beat him up for it you know mm. like maybe it's, that's his belief who knows he succeeded it, it, it's obvious it, that it was a ritual um, i mean what is jackass you know it's just like ritualistic torture 
It's weird. For a purpose, though. I mean, what's that purpose, though? It's monetary gain, and you could argue that that's super Satan, right? Like, mm, and well, the, the amount of money they amassed for just harming themselves, you could consider that something, right? Absolutely, and and, and look what it's done to them. You know, you have you have Stevo, who hit rock bottom, and then of course now is killing it as a social media superstar. Fact. Johnny Knoxville. Um, making his movie Action Point. Handsome. Um, he's a old grandpa. You know, he's crotchety. He's basically riding um, the wave of, of jackass all the way to the bank. Yeah. One of I mean, all. like, his his whole thing is, like, cool guy with the glasses, but, like, kind of, like, not super cool guy, kind of, like, chill cool guy, you know? Like, that's his whole thing now. It's just like, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Uh, hey. Uh, like, and he's fucking chill. Like I'm into it, you know. Let him let him do his thing. But then you have all the guys that like died, you know. Like look at that shit. Like that was a bummer. And you have to wonder how many ghosts were, uh, you know, emerged from that whole instance of just like, you know, debauchery and terror and craziness. Because like all of those people from that series, it seemed, went through some crazy, like, heavy stuff, you know. Absolutely. Those those people they they suffered for our pleasure, until it became their pleasure. You know. I'm I mean, could you see yourself getting into a shopping cart and having someone push you at like full speed, into just a curb, into like a rose thorn bush, like that? Yeah. That sucks. Like I don't want to do that. <laughs> like that's a bummer. Why would you want to do that? But it's not too far off from self-flagellation and other ritual... That's all it is. That's what I'm saying. Right. Ritual practices all for to bring forth spirits. And I think, you know, we, we really hit it on that one that I think they did. They really brought... There's some spirits that were brought together. Um, yeah, it's just astonishing that I think this is, this is some... You know, there's we don't we haven't had to bring a chance to bring our instruments into any of these stories, but they I, they sound very credible to me, uh, and I'm glad you made it out there alive, uh, and wasn't run over by that pickup truck because it sounds like, you know, the you know he might have been a little bit possessed. Mm. He might have been. Well. I mean, he definitely seemed like he was very hyper and excited to be there for some reason. And I mean, if you think about it, when you talk about the self-flagellation. And, like, the whole idea behind that. Like, when you do that, but then you project it to the masses, like millions mm -hmm. and millions of people, and then you put movies around it and all this other stuff, you're just, like, pinging for spirits, like, with a giant net. You're just, like, out casting a giant net for as many spirits as you can get who are like, yes, this, mm -hmm. is, this, is, this is what I want. And then they latch onto it. Exactly. Like, and then you get spirits. everywhere, dude. Why wow. do you think they're so into it? Why do you why would you keep doing that, you know? Right. There's a reason for it. And this kind of connects us to the other movie that you were um, a part of. Yes. What was the name of the movie you were in? So the name of the the film was called Hipster Holocaust by one William uh, Burgess, very, very awesome gentleman, fancy man with a fine beard. 
I haven't talked to him in like 15 years or 20 years now. I don't know. It's been forever. It's been ridiculous. So did this, this man, William Burgess, did he run a tight ship? Were there, were there, did you feel the same amount of tension as you did um, with the movie, what we do is secret? No, because he like totally embraced like the, the vibe of the place, you know, like he didn't, shy away from like cool auras and like spooky vibes because like he wanted to capture that you know he's like a big fan uh, of those kind of things i'd say from what i knew about him so like a ghost enthusiast who was trying to capture the atmosphere rather than kind of brush it under the rug yeah i think like he was definitely like his paintbrush was loaded with atmosphere, and he stroked those brushes wide and far, my friends. Wow. So um, the, the role that you play in this movie, um, also um, kind of you were behind the scenes. Yes. Um, what, what happened to you? Uh, behind the scenes or on the scenes? Well, let's start with on the scenes, and then we can work mm-hmm. our way behind them. Okay. So I don't really remember much of my part other than I'm somehow just like a a toting buddy and then I get slaughtered and then that's pretty much the end for me Uh, yeah it was good Uh, I think I had a few scenes and then I was quickly executed but I had a great death scene a great death scene if you pull up the trailer I think my death scene is like a prominent component of the uh of, of the trailer, uh, and there was a lot of stage blood in my mouth, and I just remember the, the the floor was cold, and the stage blood was slightly sweet, and uh, there was some ants on the floor, and oh. yeah, it was something, definitely something. Uh, so you were turned into you... a ghost? Yeah, pretty much. They killed me. I was wow. dead. My spirit went... On camera, at least. So technically, on screen, I've died. So you could say that my actor presence could have left an aura within that movie. I'm not sure, though. I I, I believe it. During the scene, I had to, like, really get scared because I'm dying, right? So that's what I did. I was like, ah, I'm dying. (gasps) So I think some of that stress might have emanated, like, a bit of an energy, you know? So who knows? I might have tented the film a bit. Was this before or after um, what we do is secret? I do not know. I cannot remember. (laughs) You'd have to look that one up on IMDb, my friend. Okay. Um, I think they're relatively close. Uh, I'd actually be really surprised to hear what years those were, because I'll be honest, I totally forgot. I mean, uh, but someone who's obviously been through some trauma, I mean, that is totally absolutely to, to understand, especially if a part of you technically died on set. Uh, I mean, yes, of course, we excuse such inconsist- inconsistencies because it's understandable. It's just how it works. I, I just looked it up and it is uh, what we do is secret came out in 2007. Aye, aye, aye. And Hipster Holocaust came out in 2011. Oh, again, you have the last number seven, 
and one. Min seven minus one is six. So that's our six. second one. Wow, guys. So I think it's pretty safe to say that the fear that you channeled was a subconscious fear that you carried from the set of what we do is secret. It could have been, because if you think about it, I saw Darby Crash potentially die on camera, right? Exactly. And I could have carried that with my acting character to Hipster Holocaust. Wow. Because, I mean, if you think about it, what's a germs burn, right? It's just a bit of influence. But it's, well, like, yes. something you carry wow. over and over and over and over. But, like, it's the same thing with, like, a death spirit, you know? You could no. hang out with you. <clears throat> we have to talk about the germs burn real quick. Yeah. Um, Rob, I don't know if you know this, but it, it's basically um, a sign of being part of the germs family. You would take a cigarette and you'd burn yourself and you would leave a circle on your skin, hmm. like, a, like a symbol. Um, everyone knows that symbols are spells. Of course. So uh, you, you would leave a small spell on your body, on your person that would be connected to everybody else who had the exact same mark. And this was happening in the 70s. And I believe that parts of this were recreated for the movie. Hmm. Yeah, it was like late 70s, early 80s. And basically the, the idea was that Darby Crash would originate the germs burn and anyone that had been germs burned by him was then privy to burn other people and that was wow. considered a continuation. But basically, you couldn't just, like, give yourself a germs burn. But when I was growing up, everyone did that. Like, that was just a thing you did. But a true germs burn would have to come, be sired from yeah. a person with a connection to Darby directly. Basically, it's like six degrees of separation with flesh wounds. Like, you have to be, like, a component of the flesh of the original germs burn. And even if it's like eight people, as long as like the chain goes in order, I get it's it would be considered a legitimate germs burn. Wow. And they were and giving germs burns on set too. That was a weird thing. Interesting. On set. Yeah. Oh my god. Did you receive one yourself? No. No. I number one, uh I like the people that were getting them, like it was like one person who I think was like there, there was a friendship there or something, um, but most of it was just stupid people giving each other germs burns on set. And you're like, then you smoke the cigarette after you burn your friend's skin with it. Like that's weird because then you're just mm. smoking their skin, you know. Flesh, and maybe wow. there's something in there. Maybe that's maybe that's a component of the germs burn, right? Like you burn a bit of flesh and you take a big old puff and you're kind of like inhaling their matter. Like, oh my god. Well, I feel, you know, I think you were very fortunate that you did not partake in any of the germ burns on set because I think that those spirits that we were speaking of before that followed you to Hipster Holocaust, I don't think that there's any getting out of it for all those who participated in that. That's your, your permanent yeah. in, uh, in, your, in that moment, especially with such energy that was already going on set. I fear for all those... Uh, crew member uh, actors that that's it that's it for them there was i mean it's like branding yourself right for like something to come get you marking yourself for the beast to find you yeah and who knows maybe it's like darby crash's ghost 
Just in the middle of the night, starts taking people out one by one. That'd be let's, let's talk a little bit about um, the Germs music. Uh, I, yeah. I want to just quickly just kind of rattle off a couple songs. So there's one of them called Lexicon Devil. Okay. Uh, wow. Devil. Right in there. Don't, don't, not even shy. Okay. Um, another one. It's called Circle One. Okay. Now, people know about um, the Circles of Hell, right? Mm. How many? How many Circles of Hell are there? There's uh, at least seven. Seven Circles. This movie came out in two thousand and seven. Wow. Right. And Circle One, seven minus one, is six. There's nine total circles, Geo, which is just an upside down six, as we all know. Wow. Wow. And then if you think about it, the seven plus one plus one is nine. Mm-hmm. And circle, okay, and, and the reason why I say plus, plus one plus one is because here, uh, here is a quick little um, tidbit of an interview um, that I have uh, where Shane West says that the filming of the Germs movie, he believed, was Circle 2. Um, here's the clip. I always like, likened it as Circle 2. It was sort of like a thing where, which he had created Circle 1, but it was this thing that it became a hangout on set. And once people enjoyed that, they were a little wary at first, but once they saw that we were, you know, not destroying this, this concept and, 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 and doing, it, um, doing it good, that we... we uh, they, they wanted to stick around and um, it became seriously like another gang again. And um, uh, we hung out plenty of times after, after we were pretty much done on set. And um, it was like a big disorganized party at times, but it was a lot of hard. Wow. Definitive. So that's where the two comes from. The seven plus two is nine, nine circles of hell. So we have another seven circles left to go. And wow. I don't think Shane West is going to take up the mantle. I think it's going to happen in some other form. Well, here's the thing that we have to address. Hollywood is ran by old punk rockers. The whole system is filled with old punk rockers. Like, that's the unspoken truth. Vampires, like Pee I mean, right. Like Pee Wee's uh, Playhouse, like the television show, right? That was all old punks putting that show on together. Like Mark Mothersbaugh of Diva did the music for that show, and he was subversive as any of them, you know. I, I think I think this was more of a ceremony to bridge punk rock and Hollywood together for one like kind of glorious bastion of you know remembrance, but also like a bit of a resurrection of Darby Crash. I think. Like his, wow. Who knows? I think he had more songs than them and people want to hear them. And they just think maybe if we literally did like a poltergeist and got his spirit into Shane West, we could hear those final songs once and for all. Mm. And um, I guess we'll never know if, if they got to hear them. Did you hear them on set? Uh, they just play back. And it was very odd because like they... Like, they set it up, you know, the band played, the the real band played, and then they got off stage, 
And then they had to set up like the germ stuff. And they were like spraying the symbols with this spray that muted them. So like the dudes playing the drums, it's like, like it was just weird. <laughs> it's wow. super weird. I can't even describe it. It's just really weird. Um, I don't know if they're trying to not disturb any like spirits by not actually playing the music live. Because I think they're all capable. Um, but yeah. And I mean, let's let's consider who played um, Pat Smear in that movie. You're going to have to look it up. But uh, he's a pretty prominent actor. Oh, yes. Um, his name is Rick Gonzalez. Yes. And, and what has he been in? Oh, man. He's been in the TV show Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow... He's been in Mr. Robot, um, Mr. Robot, um, with Remy Malik, who is playing Freddie Mercury. There you go. He had no idea anyone would ever look that up, and now you just did, and now you've proven something. Also, another connection: he was in a video short, Lady Gaga's Judas. He plays Jesus, and is the writing not on the wall? This came out in 2011. The same eleven. Year. That hipster holocaust came out wow if you don't have goosebumps right now check mm -hmm. your pulse ladies and gentlemen because that's really creepy that power and spirit and energy was so strong that it like just it toxified everything around it like anything that came out just had that within it you know embedded just like uh, sound cannons do you think, like, Hollywood, like, is kind of, like, electrical in its own way? Like, is Hollywood, like, a capacitor? Does Hollywood, mm -hmm. like, basically take in all of this, like, energy and store it and store it and store it and then just, like, shoot it out in a constant flow? Like, for every star that's consumed by the machine, for every band that, like, falls apart, whatever it lets out, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Another star is born. Yeah. You have to sacrifice one to, like, birth another. And, like, no one's ever checking the books on this, but there's probably a number <laughs> yes. that exists. And that and number... 666, my friend. Yeah. We, we, we are doing listen. the numbers, my friend. And that's what they add up to be. And it seems like we find them every single week in, in, in our episodes. Um, this podcast is a testament to number crunchers, to mathematicians that won't stop crunching numbers, no matter how hard it gets. Because um, sadly, we have to do the math to find out that everything really does add up to 666. Yeah. And, and those numbers get again. big. Yeah, those numbers get big. It's intimidating. It, it hurts your head. But They grow yeah, up fast. They really do. Mm-hmm. But we can't be afraid of the big numbers, just like we can't be afraid of the big ghosts, because um, you can defeat them. And it, it all takes technique and time, and we have plenty of that. Uh, and, of course, expertise. And I want to thank Greg uh, for sharing his expertise. I think his electrical expertise is uh, phenomenal. The idea of Hollywood as a capacitor that stores energy and releases it is groundbreaking evidence that we're going to have to uh, get peer-reviewed as soon as possible. And I, I think we'd, we'd like to have you back, Greg. Um, would you like to be a part of our street team? Y yes, but yes, yes, okay. I would. 
sounds yeah. like there, there's a condition. There's a but there. Uh, no, there, um, it's nothing. It's nothing we can't discuss off the air. Okay, so this is some logistical issues here. No, not it's 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 not even that. Look, let's just say that sometimes stuff happens on these things. So I can say yes, but I can't always guarantee that it's going to be not strained and maybe not hard for me to to recount. Capiche? Oh, oh no, of course. I mean, we want this to be a safe place for for you to come and discuss. We we're deeply honored for you to I'm not worried about things. stuff happening, fellas. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm ready to embrace some stuff. That's how I want to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's going to be good. We're going for it. It's time. I, I, I couldn't say it better myself. I really couldn't. So I think we're going to call it a week. Um, I, I don't think there's any more we could say other than I do feel that this part of our, uh, this leg of our investigations um, is going to bear a lot of very good fruit. There, there seems to be something going on with method actors and the embodiment of um, people who were once alive, actual ghosts. You know, we're talking about like the Hunter S. Thompson that Johnny Depp embodied. You know, we're talking about people, um, you know, who played Stephen Hawking, Eddie Redmayne, you know, all of these people who are uh, playing dead people now. They, they had to take their energy. They sucked the energy from them. And for those reasons, we have to, you know, we have to investigate. Absolutely. So um, look forward to that, guys. You guys have to stay in the scene because uh, things are going to be flying at you. Dogs um, won't always be there to warn you about the ghosts that are going to attack. So you have to be there on the scene for yourself. Keep your eyes on the screen, you know, check into our social channels because as we were teasing in this episode as well, not everything can make it. You know, sometimes you got to see things for yourself. We got to throw some video up there. So please check our Twitter. Please check our Instagram, our Twitter. Again, it's ghost in the scene, at ghost of the scene. Instagram, yes. ghost in the meme with underscores. Email us if you have information. If you see a ghost, send us the evidence. We will share it. It is at ghostinthescene at gmail.com. That's right. We are also accepting orbs. Orbs are acceptable forms of ghost photography. People call it bullshit. I call them bullshit, okay? If, if, you, if you see a ghost in a photograph, we'll, we'll look at it and we will confirm it or, of course, debunk it if it is bullshit because we're not going to take fakes. So um, please send us your, uh, your photos and give us a review. Thank you, Greg, one more time, and we hope to see you in another you. episode soon. Yes, that'd be good. All right. Be, be blessed, Greg. We're, we're going to get the street team, get you back home safe. Uh, take care, my friend. It was an honor. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was wonderful, gentlemen. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So until next time, we love you and take care. Bye-bye.